Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. So today, last week, we talked about handling um, the unexpected. How do you deal with, uh, man, I didn't see that coming. And we, and we learned principles that'll help us deal with those type of situations. Now, we need to be able to fight and overcome being overwhelmed. And overwhelmed is that time when the situation just hits you so, so strong that it's like out from nowhere. Have you ever, have you ever been hit or played sports or anything where you lost your breath? I mean, that is a freaky sensation to sit there and go, Do you guys remember being in that position? It's terrible. It's a terrible feeling to not breathe. But it's something where you weren't expecting, you weren't sitting there going, I can't wait till I can't breathe anymore. It just came out of nowhere and you're overwhelmed. And sometimes we feel overwhelmed in life to where we can't breathe. We're like suffocating under the circumstances. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a journey through God's word and we're going to see what, what do we need to know to overcome? To be an overcomer in this life, what do, we need to, what do we need to know and to be able to operate in the position of overcome? We have to learn to live God's way. And that's what we're going to do this morning. Amen. Y'all ready for this? Let me give you some. These are some sad facts that happened in 2020. 2021, I believe, is, is probably got maybe just as bad statistics, but this is something really sad. And I want you to see this. Over 4,000 churches closed in 2020. Over 4,000. Isn't that amazing? 4,000 churches just closed their doors. They're not open anymore. 20,000 pastors, over 20,000 pastors left the ministry. Is that crazy? 20,000. Pandemic hit and 20,000 pastors quit. I wanted to, but I, I, <laughs> it, 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 just, it just, you know, no, <laughs> that ain't happening in my heart. This pastor's here to stay. 50%, listen to this one. Now, this, this survey is from a group that this is what they do. They're professional at surveying church, religion, all the different aspects that have to deal with subjects that we would be interested in. And they, they are professional. So this isn't some lame group on the side just throwing out some figures. These, these guys know what they're doing. 50% of current pastors, you ready for this? Would leave the ministry if they had another way to make a living. 50%. That's half the pastors out there thinking about, man, I would love to quit, but I can't, I, I can't make a living out there. Is that crazy? Over half. That's interesting to hear, isn't it? I thought, I thought you know, when I hear something like that, I thought number one is, is those 50% aren't doing what they should be doing in the first place. Because this ain't about a job. If you are doing this because 
You think it's a job? You are dumb. You've never been in the ministry before because this is not a job. I can guarantee you that. It don't pay enough to be a job. I'm telling you, it does. for the responsibility, no way. There's no way in the world. No way. No way. In a real job, you act that way, I'm firing you. Get out of my building. I mean, it's that simple. In other words, I don't have to care about you, even if you hate me. That, this ain't no job. So to sit there, and by the way, if I quit, it doesn't matter. I'd be successful out there because I was successful before I became a pastor. So I didn't go to the, I did everything to fight from being a pastor. I told God I don't want to do it. I'll just make my money out there and I'll do everything in church, but I don't want to be a pastor. So on my side, I can't even be in this position because if I go out there, I'm going to be successful. So this has nothing to do with about job or money. It has to do with this is the definition of my life. The once, I, once I started this journey, I said, Jesus, I'm going to do whatever you want. It doesn't mean I might, not, I might throw a fit. I might complain. I might argue. But I, I guarantee you, I will do what you want. And that's been my life's motto for years, years. And so, again, I can drag my feet. I can throw a fit. I can do a toddler and, and sit down and not move. But ultimately, I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk his way. And that's what each one of us need to make a decision in our lives in our personal walk. Nothing's going to stop me, Jesus. You're too good to me. You are too good to me. And if you look around going, I don't see good. You better start looking at the cross because that's the best good you're ever going to see. You better get your eyes on what you need to look at. And that is, while you were a sinner, no good, rotten person, Christ died for you personally. That's big deal. That's big deal. Amen. So I want to talk about three effects right now. Three effects of being overwhelmed. Number one is fear. Fear. Fear's main purpose is to control you. Okay. Its main purpose, fear's main purpose is to control you. And a life lived in fear can't be operating according to what God's plan is. It's impossible. Fear and faith do not operate together. One or the other, one or the other. First John 4.18 says this. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. The word cast out is balo, and we've, we've heard that Greek word before. It means to throw, right? So it means to throw. And when you look at perfect fear cast out, it uses the word exo, and exo is the term for foreigner. Something that, that doesn't belong, and what it says is it casts out something foreign in your life. It casts out what? Something foreign. Say foreign. Don't say it too many times because you're going to think, that sounds weird, foreign, foreign, foreign. I'm doing it. Stop it. But it says perfect love casts out something that should be foreign to you. Fear should be something not that we accept or live our life with. It'd be something we should be going, ooh, 
You got cooties. Get them off. Get them off. Cooties. You guys know what cooties are. But they don't do cooties no more. Has that been long gone? All right. But that's what it says. Perfect love casts out fear. Why? Why does it cast out fear? Why does perfect love want fear out of us? Because fear involves torment, torture. Fear what? Fear wants to torture your life. Y'all know this to be true. Anybody that deals with fear, you know you're being tortured. Whatever level of fear it is, it's torture. Is it not? No matter what, no matter what it is you're dealing with. I don't care if it's a bug. You got a fear of a bug. You're not, it's, you don't act normal. You're not walking around like, no big deal, I got this. You're being tortured emotionally. Am I telling the truth or not? Live stream, can you hear me? And this is what we have to understand, that God's telling us he doesn't want us to live in torment. He, he wants us free, free. Who the sun sets free, know it or not, is free indeed. But see, some of us aren't living that freedom because of fear. Y'all got this? 2 Timothy 1.7 says this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. For God has not what? Given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind. But notice what it says. It's, he's not given us a spirit of fear. Phobos is the used the term for fear, and that's the, the position of, of the feeling and process of being totally scared. So you already, it's within you, and you've, you're, you're like, <gasps> this, this word in the Greek is different because what it's saying is, it's saying the spirit of being a coward or, or living a life that's timid. So it's not talking about being a scaredy cat, but it's talking about being someone that in your identity, you're looking outward in a coward. There's this coward, the coward view. And that is, is, is I can't do it. It'll never happen. And, and no, what if I fall? And what if I fail? And, and I don't want to be put in that position. And, it, and, it's, and it's holding you back. And that's what this says. God's, not, God's never given you that attitude. If it's operating your life, it's not from God. It's not from God. What does he say? He says, I've given you power. Power. I've given you love. I've given you a sound mind, a well-disciplined mind. When I go goo-goo-gaga in my mind, when I get all, you know, la-la land and start thinking dumb, I got to get to my mind and say, shut up. You are disciplined. I talk to myself. Some of you need to talk to yourself differently because you are talking to yourself. But you need to talk to yourself in a different way that says, listen, you are going to obey. You are going to hear God's word. You are going to rejoice. You are going to walk in peace. You are going to walk in faith. You, are, you need to start talking to yourself in the positive because you're so good doing it in the negative. It's just changing your communication to yourself. Can you guys do that? Can you guys do that? Let me ask some. Will you do that? Because if you choose not to, again, your choice. But that's on you. Quit blaming God. Quit blaming church. Quit blaming anything else but you and your choice. 
I like what Joshua said. When they came into the promised land, through so much struggle, so much fighting, and he gets to the place where he's in a position of his land and his family has gone through so much hell. Now he's at this place of, I've overcome. I am in a position of victory. And he stands before all of Israel and says this, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm not, I don't, I don't, my care is not that you are choosing to or not to. I want to make you understand what me and my house are going to do. He wanted them to make that decision, that choice. But what he was saying is, it doesn't matter. That's on you. As for me and my house, my responsibility is we will serve the Lord. That's what I say in my home. As for me and my house, we will. The Lord will be number one, priority one. Not anything else, not, not anything else in this world. He's number one. And so everything revolves in that understanding. I think it's a good way to live. A good way to live. Number two, fatigue. So the fear is an action that attacks people. I believe during the pandemic time of 2021, that fear was running rampant in the church. We know in the world, but in the church. Fear, total and complete fear. And so because of that, look what happens. It's not a positive, it's a negative. Second thing is fatigue. Fatigue is you're getting tired of opposition. You're just tired of the fight. And I know a lot of people, you, you, you started the fight good and then started backing off. You started just slacking. You started, you know, this is just too much work. See, one thing the enemy knows is he knows us. He knows our nature. And if you aren't going to quit right away, he also understands the principle of, I'll just wait. I'll just keep, I'll just keep doing a little, 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 and pretty soon they're going to explode. They're going to throw a fit. Ah! When's it going to end? When's it going to end? Are you guys hearing me? And this is what happens. When we look at this, we see 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says this. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. What are it be? We are to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Steadfast is the ability to conquer you. In other words, steadfast is a position where you're like going, your, your flesh and your attitude is like going, come on, quit. You've done so much. And you say, you know what? No, I'm not going to. It's the battle between you. Immovable is the battle against the outside force. Those that are saying, man, you got to quit. Man, look, you've done all good. And look what's happening now. So when you're steadfast, the outward forces can't penetrate you. So you got immovable, steadfast, and then it says always abounding. Now, the always abounding, it sounds almost like a picture. Everything's perfect, but it isn't. It literally is abounding in the, the, the atmosphere of opposition, abounding in the atmosphere of tense, tense warfare. We don't want to see that. We want to see abounding when we're running through, you know, the, the, the little fields and fluffy dandelions. Oh, everything's abounding. 
But God's saying, no, I'm giving you the ability to fight not only you, but the outward forces, and then to be able to abound in the midst of turmoil. Is that awesome? That is so awesome. But notice this, it says, in the work of the Lord. Do what? In the work of the Lord. So doing the will of God. See, the work of the Lord is not defined as working for a church. That's a religious concept. The work of the Lord is everything you do in your life for his kingdom. See, the Bible says a ministry of every believer. The ministry of every believer is to what? Reconcile. That's it. Reconcile. What is that reconciliation to? God's love. God's love. Reconciling people to God's love for them. You know what most church, most religions about? Attacking sins. You changing. You fixing. You, you, you turning. You making sure that you're doing everything to be good. That's not scriptural, by the way. It is not scriptural, by the way. Oh, Old Testament, but not New Covenant. New Covenant is saying that we are to operate in his grace and understanding how awesome and how great he is in our lives to where we grow and mature to overcome the weaknesses in our lives. Just like the natural principle and spiritual truth. You see your, yourself, you see your children if you're a parent, they grow up and as they get more knowledge and operate in wisdom, you see them what? Overcome what? Overcome attitudes, overcome immaturity. Overcome these areas that you're, you're, you're expecting, you're believing for them to get to the next level, get to the next level. Is anybody hearing this morning? And that's what God's expecting us to do. Let's get to the next level, amen? Amen. So he says this, knowing, knowing, that's the next step. Everything in the kingdom is tied to the knowing part. And what are we to know? We're to know the rest of the context. He says, this is how I want you to be. I want you to be immovable, steadfast, always abounding. And then what? In the work of the Lord, knowing, knowing what? That your labor, what you're doing is not in vain. It doesn't, it doesn't come up empty. It's not void of results. God, God pays. God operates on the understanding that if you're going forth, he's not going to rip you off. He's not going to cheat you out of anything. He's looking, looking to pay wages. That's what scripture teaches. That's an awesome concept to understand. Amen. Galatians 6, 9 says this, and let us not grow weary. Everybody say grow weary. That's not what? Grow weary. Live stream say it. Grow weary. Let's not grow weary. What does that tell you? It tells you, it tells me that we can grow weary, but it says, let's don't. I like God's word. I think God's word is awesome. If you read it correctly, you'll look at this stuff and go, this is so wonderful. He's showing us that there are these options that happen in life and we can grow weary or we can choose not to. Because why would he say, let's don't, if we can't? 
If it's an impossible task, well, we all just going to grow weary. It's just, it's just going to get heavier and heavier and we can do nothing about it. No, God says, let's don't. Let's don't do it. Are you guys getting this? Are you guys a little tired? What's going on? I know how to wake you up. How about this story? Jesus has just told the disciples that, hey, you're all going to forsake me. You're all going to run from me. You've been with me for three and a half years. And you're just going to book. He didn't use that language, but I am. <laughs> Peter said, no way, that ain't going to happen. I'm going to die with you. Jesus said, no, you won't. And he took disciples up to pray. He's been with them for three and a half years. Now think about this. He literally tells them, I am in so much trauma right now. Think about this. Three and a half years. These words have never been heard out of the mouth of Jesus. I feel like I'm going to die. Risen the dead. He's healed the sick. Jesus literally tells them, I'm in so much agony. I feel like I'm going to die, guys. Pray with me. Come to church and hear what I have to say. And then he walks off to pray and speak the word of God. And he turns around and they're asleep. Are you guys going to wake up or not? All right, I'm just checking. Or you can be a disciple and be sleeping on me. Can you imagine hearing your Lord that you've walked for three and a half years and he tells you, I feel like I'm going to die I don't know, I, I think to myself, if I was a disciple, I wouldn't be dumb like these guys. But you know what? I would be just as dumb as them. Just as dumb as them. I, you'd hope it wouldn't happen, but you know it will. And here we are. And here we are. <laughs> Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season... He says, for in due season. So he says, listen, there's going to be times when you're getting tired. The fatigue is setting in on you. But if you continue to press on, you don't allow this weariness to hold on to you. If you continue on in due season, you're going to reap. He didn't say you might. He said you will. Your harvest is coming. Harvest doesn't happen like that. Harvest just doesn't happen simple, in simplicity form. There's a lot of work. There's issues. There's battles. There's opposition. But the, the word says this, seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping, it will happen. But if you grow weary, you walk away from your harvest. What does that mean? You, the path of your harvest is right here. You grow weary, you get off the path. And all of a sudden, you're still walking down this direction, but the harvest you pass by. Well, I just got not God's will. It's just so terrible. I just don't know why. And your harvest was right over here. You jumped path. You got on the wrong track. You know what I love about God? I love this about God, and I believe this with my whole heart. I believe the Bible backs it up that I can walk past it and throw a fit and just get all angry and all of a sudden have a glimpse of a harvest. Yeah. 
and I can back up, get on the right track, and still receive a harvest. That's what I believe about my God. I have no doubt. How do I know? Because I've done it. I know I hate telling on myself, but yeah, I've screwed up. I know, I know, I know. I walk on water, but still, there are times when I'm sinking. Come on, somebody. You know I'm goofing around. The third thing is complacency. Complacency, now remember, I'm talking about the pressures of what we just gone through and, and the, the, these areas that have hit a lot of people. They may be some of you. And you've seen it and you've recognized it. Then complacency is another place. So you've got fear, you've got fatigue, and then complacency. Complacency is where you get smacked around so much, you're like going, I just, whatever. I just, it's, 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 it's God's going to do it or God's not going to do it. We get to a place where we're not going to make a stand anymore. If it comes, you know, what it is, it is what it is. Man, oh man, being a follower of Jesus, that just not, that's not, that should not compute in your life. But so many Christians are living that life right now. They're just throwing up their arms and, and, and you know what happens? They're just floating with what direction the river goes. And God's saying, you want to live, man, you got to get lean. Lean means you got to turn into the, turn into the current. Let's start going. Turn into the current. Let's get going. Let's get moving. That's where life is. But you start floating, you're dead. And I mean that seriously, a dead life. You, you're not living life anymore. You're just existing. That's not the plan of God for you. That's not God's plan for you. God's plan is for you to live life large. And you might be thinking, well, how, where, where do you get that? Out of the mouth of Jesus. He says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. That's what he said. And he wants us to live that abundant life. Why? Because the world needs to see that there's life in the church. Not a dead religious church, but a living church, a church filled with life, a church filled with dealing with responsibility, opposition. Things are coming against us. We live in this earth. We're not of it, but we live in it, and we're having the same effects. We have same jobs. They're out there dealing with all these issues, but inside us is what? Life. The ability to see beyond the pain, the ability to see beyond the, the frustration, the anxiety, the, the pressures, the gas prices. To see beyond that. Listen, I don't care. You search history. You always will see a time when gas is freaking people out. But it corrects itself. I'm not going to say it's going to happen right away, but I'm going to say it will correct itself. It will correct itself. Why? Because we demand it. Or I do. Anybody else with me on this? Oh, we all going to buy Teslas. I mean, come on, what are you doing? Come on now. I'm going to give you seven keys to overcoming life. You ready for this? Seven keys to an overcoming life. Number one, we must reign in life. We must reign in life. Okay, so the, now I'm going to show you scripture because I need you to, again, I need you to see what God's word says. Reigning in life is the understanding of having a ruler attitude. This is where most Christians fail. You fail because of lack of knowledge. 
That's it. You fail because of lack of knowledge. Or you fail because of wrong knowledge. So there's the lack of knowledge or there's wrong knowledge. How many have heard wrong knowledge before? Yeah, of course you have. We all have. How many have been in a position where you didn't know? Lack of knowledge. Yeah, exactly. We See, we've all been there. So what God is wanting us to get is we, he wants us to have understanding. He wants us to get knowledge so that we can operate correctly. That's why we have a Bible. It's not, he's not hiding stuff from us. He wants us to learn and grow in the knowledge of the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, in the, in the knowledge of God, in the knowledge of his love, in the knowledge of his grace, to grow, grow, grow. Amen? So in this, we have to look at, he wants us to grow. And in Romans 5, 17, he says this, for if by one man's offense, talking about Adam, one man's offense, death reigned through one. Much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign. Everybody say will reign. Through the one Jesus Christ. Those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign. Basilio is the Greek word. It means reign as a king. I receive the righteousness of God. I receive his grace. My attitude, according to God's word, is I should be looking in life with authority as a king. You guys listening. He's saying, listen, you become born again. You start growing in this knowledge. What has to happen is there has to be a, a, a transition that takes place, a mind renewing to where you look at life differently. And that difference is understanding the position of a king. Why? Because we are in the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We are one with Christ. He wants us to rule and reign. Amen. And that's what his word says. So we need to be this way. Amen. Reign in life. That means you wake up differently. You don't wake up with slave mentality. You don't wake up as a servant. You wake up as a king. You wake up as a queen. You wake up like going, yeah, that's right. I own this day. If you were a king right now and we lived in England, all right, anyway. Actually, you know what? The only place I think where the, the, the pure rule of a king is is in Saudi Arabia or something, I think. England's not a king or a queen because they don't have really authority. I think in Saudi Arabia, or one of those where the king says, off with your head, it's going to happen, or we're going to, we're going to do this, or we're going to do that, and the politics don't overrule him. He's the king. So, in the day and age of the Bible, the king's word is the last word. Amen? Okay, so I'm not talking about, you know, the queen of England or the king of England. I'm talking about the king in the kingdom. And what he says is, this is how it's going. Amen? So let's get this attitude in our lives, all right? This is how it's going. This is how it's going. Y'all with me? Number two, use your God-given authority. All right? Listen, seven keys to overcoming life. What are we going to do with that? We're going to think about number one, tomorrow morning, we're waking up and we're saying, good morning, King Daniel or Queen Bertha, whatever. 
You get up, you start talking, you just say it, man. Look at your life, look at what's in front of you and start seeing. I'm ruling rain today. I'm ruling and reigning today. Now, I, I, of course, a lot of people aren't gonna listen to you. Like, I'm king, do this. Now, nah, you know, that ain't gonna work. But we're not looking at it that way. We're looking at it in the concept of authority, spiritual authority. Come on, somebody, spiritual authority, all right? Next is Mark eleven twenty three. I tell you the truth, Jesus says. Oh my gosh, he has to start off with this. I tell you the truth. Jesus, you're Jesus. You're not gonna lie to us. Why would he say, I tell you the truth? Because what he's about to say is gonna freak people out. They're gonna question. They're gonna, they're gonna look at it like, oh, come on, this can't be real. But he says what? I tell you the truth. He is the truth. I tell you the truth. Are you guys seeing this? I tell you the truth. If anyone, say anyone. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. If anyone says, says is not speaking. Says is the Greek word, epo. Epo means command. The reason why this is important seeing the language is because, listen, there's going to be a lot of scriptures you're going to miss. You're going to read right over because you're not paying attention to the, to the text, how God is delivering it in the Greek language. So you can miss a ton. You got to have an attitude sometimes in scripture. And there are times when God's speaking to us and we're reading religiously and he's saying, no, man, take an attitude. Act militant. Literally, I'm telling you, most of Paul's writing is written with military terms. Why? Because we're in a battle. This is a war, people. We're waking up and there is a battle to fight. That battle starts with you first. You're the first battle. You against you. Spirit against flesh. Flesh against spirit. Who's going to win? It's up to you. Who's going to win? I choose, I choose my new birth life, my spirit to win. So I get up every morning, people, every morning since I learned this principle years and years ago, I get up every morning and I speak to myself. I tell myself, hey, no matter how rough a night I had, no matter how rough of a day I think I'm going to have, no matter what, I tell myself, this is the day the Lord has made. I can't stop but smiling when I start talking this way. I'm telling you, no matter what I'm dealing with, this is the day the Lord has made. I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. God, listen, I'm telling myself something I believe, and that is I'm making a choice to rejoice. Amen? Put that in a rap song. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who commands the mountain... Command. He was looking at a mountain. He pointed at a mountain. He said, anybody that commands this mountain, all these guys are looking at this massive mountain in front of them. What is that saying? Impossible. 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 What's it saying? Impossible. I tell you the truth. 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 They're looking at a mountain. If anyone says to this mountain, be removed. Be removed and doesn't doubt in its heart. Doesn't doubt in their heart. Are you guys hearing me? There ain't no one in here that's going to go look at a mountain. I walk up with you and I go, if you speak to that mountain and tell it to move, you're going to look at me like I'm a fool. Even if I said, I tell you the truth. <laughs> right? 
I'll tell you the truth. We all go, I go, hey, we're going to go on a little road trip, everybody. We're going to go to South Mountain. And I'm going to stand there with all the church. We're going to look at it and go on. Speak to the mountain. Tell it to move. Yeah, exactly. That's what's going to happen. Exactly. And then I'm going to go, I'll tell you the truth. And you're going to go, whatever. But I don't think you would do that if Jesus came walking in here. And Jesus said, now, wait a minute. Why is that an issue? That's something to think about. That's something I had to deal with years and years ago. Why is that an issue? Is this not him? Why do I need him personally? Do I believe that's him speaking or don't I? Hmm. Hmm. Something to think about. I know it's on paper. And a lot of translations, it's red letters. I'll tell you the truth. You say to this, so you command this mountain to get out of the way. And you believe it. That mountain's going to move. I'll tell you the truth. Are you guys hearing me? Does this not, is this not God's word? That's our God-given authority. 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God is not in word. I love this. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. You know what that means? The kingdom of God is not in a good communication. The kingdom of God is not about just talking a lot. That's not what the kingdom of God is about. The kingdom of God is about hearing the word, receiving that word, and doing the word. The kingdom of God is not about talking, but it's about power. Where's the power in? The power is in the belief in the communication. Are you guys hearing? Belief in the communication. There are a lot of things, you guys, everybody and everybody out there, there are a lot of things you believe and you communicate with that attitude of belief. You have no doubt. I didn't say it had to be positive. It can be negative. But I'm going to tell you right now, you believe it and you communicate that way. Such a loser. <laughs> oh, such a loser. That's what I'm talking about right there. You believe it and it's operating empowered in that area of being a loser. We need to change this, do we not? Well, I'm telling you, the God-given authority is this. We start knowing we have God-given authority. Are you guys with me? God-given authority. The kingdom of God is not in just talking, but in power. That's dunamis, explosive ability. Woo, that's some good stuff. That's powered back to words, amen? Matthew 16, 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He will what? Give us the keys. Not a key. Many keys. Everybody say many keys. Live stream, many keys. Look at this. I like how I say live stream and y'all talk. That's okay. You can do double. You can do double. Whatever. I don't know, Eddie. Sometimes they get us. Sometimes they don't. You know what? 
It's like sometimes we feel like a nut, sometimes we don't. You know, Mal's got nuts. Almonds. I guess I don't know. All right. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever, not whatever, whatever you bind. Everybody say bind. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, let me, let me give you a help on understanding of that in the context. Because if I'm binding evil, there's no evil in heaven, right? Isn't that right? So the concept, you have to understand, again, it, it, there's clarity in the Greek. If you look at this, it says this. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So the keys come from heaven. These keys, whatever you, what's a key do? It can unlock or it can lock, right? It can unlock or it can lock. So the unlocking is loosing. The locking is binding, right? So it says, I give you the keys to lock up, restrain, to forbid. To lock up, to restrain, to forbid. I give you the keys that loose, unlock, release, permit. Unlock, release, permit. So you got these two. The key of action is there's the binding, forbidding, and there's the loosing, releasing. Y'all see that? So now you look at it in the concept of whatever you bind, forbid on earth. Now it says shall be. Everybody say shall be. Now what this is, is when you look at this in the Greek language, it literally means ah, a me. Amy, which means exist. And that's something important to understand because what this is saying is, is when it exists, it has been, it means it's not talking about earth, heaven. It literally is, is it's already happened in heaven and you're doing it on earth. So when you say whatever's bind on earth, it's already been bound in heaven. Why? Because that's the keys. That's the key. Are you guys getting this? That's where the keys come from. It's the authority and power that heaven operates in. It's now been given to you. And now you're operating in what already exists. In oh, man, that's good teaching. All right. Number three, be proactive. Be proactive. Listen. It's a battle in life. You don't wake up and think, is there going to be a war? Is there going to be? No, you wake up understanding that there is a battle. It might not be as um, intense today, but Monday morning, it might be big. You never know. You don't know what's going to happen, what's going on. So what you have to do is you have to recognize the battle's there. The battle's there, Right? And so here we need to be proactive. Ephesians 6, 10, and 11. If you read the whole chapter of Ephesians 6, you will see it's all about dressing up in, arm, in this army look according to Bible times. I mean, you, you are dressed to kill. You dressed up for battle and you've got every part of you just equipped to fight an enemy. I mean, that's what the look is, Okay. And so in Ephesians 6, it starts in verse 10. Finally, brothers and sisters, 
Be strong in the Lord. Do what? Be strong in the Lord and do them a empowered from above. Be empowered from above in the Lord. What we ain't talking about, you know, this, this religious concept of just being little good people. We're talking about military terms, people. We're talking about getting up in the morning as a warrior. As a warrior. I'm running this thing as a, as a king and a priest for the kingdom of God. I've got the keys of the kingdom of God, the authority through the Lord Jesus Christ. And now I'm going to be proactive in my life. Proactive in knowing there's a battle and proactive knowing that I'm going to win in this battle. It says, finally, my brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's the kratos power. That's the authority power. In what? In Jesus. He's given us this power, this authority. Man, man, man. We ought to be waking up whole different attitudes. Not, oh my God, it's Monday. It's Monday. Wake up. My God is on his throne. Amen. Put on the whole armor of God. That's being proactive. Put on. Uh, let me make it simple. You have the knowledge and understanding through growing up. Now listen, because there was a time when you didn't. You were a little kid walking around naked everywhere. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Right? Little kids, they're not thinking about it. You just, you just, you know, the diaper goes off or whatever. They just walk around like, hey, this is Adam and Eve. I lived this life. Isn't that true? Everybody believe this. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes it happens in the most embarrassing times. But it happens, right? Now think about this. We have to grow and mature, and we start realizing we have to put on clothes. First time, it's your mom's helping you. Your, your dad's helping, whatever. Your, your clothes are being put on. But now you get older, you grow up. Now you have to what? Put on. There's a time frame of your life where immaturity, you'll wear the most craziest stuff. They don't match. It doesn't matter. They're clothes. And you go to school, and it's no big deal because everybody else doesn't match. Because it's that age, right? But there comes a time when it's got to stop. It's got to have matching now. Now you have a concern. Now you have this understanding that, wait a minute, we need to get some matching going on because we look nasty right now. And so what happens is you make a choice. Everybody say choice. You make a decision. All right, I got to wear this. I'm going to put on this. How's this look? How's this match? I'm saying that to myself. The pastor will be saying it to me. How's this look? How's this match? I don't know. Actually, I do. I have a clue. I'm pretty good at that. Now listen, he says this, put on the armor of God. What's that tell you? All right, now we're reading the Bible, right? Let's read the Bible. Put on the whole armor of God, people. You know, in the Greek context, it's a command. Put it on! The, the Bible talks mean to me. No, it's because you read it like it's a religious manuscript. 
The Greek language is a command. Why? Because if you don't get that armor on, you're going to die. You don't get that armor on, you're going to get beat up. You're going to get hurt. You're going to be a wounded soldier. And my God doesn't want you wounded. So he says, Paul, I want you to write this down. Command them to put on the armor of God. It's my armor. I gave it to them. Have them put it on. Now we sit there and go, well, what do you mean? Where's it at? I didn't see it. No. What is it? Where's it at? Here. Putting on the whole armor of God is put on the knowledge of everything God's given you. I just don't know about salvation. I know what I'm saying. Put your helmet on. And you're like going, well, I don't have a helmet. Yeah, it's true. You don't. How come I don't have one? Oh, oh, you can. It's the knowledge of what salvation means. How did you get saved? By Jesus? No, by your works? No, by Jesus. Who saved you? Jesus did. How did he save you? By his grace. You were saved by grace? Wasn't it by works? No. Uh-oh, you got a helmet going on. Now you walk around with this big old nice war helmet. What happened? You come to know what salvation is. I can tell people Right away when they don't have a helmet on. Well, I just don't know I'm saved and God ain't going to forgive me and I've been doing this and I'll never get to heaven. You don't have a helmet. You need to get a helmet. How do I get one? You need to learn about salvation. You need to know, gnosko, process of learning to understanding. Are you with me? All right. Just making sure. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on what? Not, not part of it? What if the other part is heavy? What if the other part doesn't fit right? Fitting and heavy is information. If it's heavy, it's wrong information because Jesus said, hey, my body, it's light. It's light with me. There's no heaviness with me. My yoke is easy. My burden, this is what he said. This is what happens. We don't know knowledge. We don't have God's word. So we start putting things together by our feelings, our emotions, our opinions, what we've gone through in life. And we start tying that into the gospel. And that's why this thing is so screwed as a picture to the world. If we would all just believe this thing and be in oneness, be in agreement, nothing would be impossible for this church We'd impact the world. They wouldn't have a chance. Somebody's got to rise up. Someone's got to rise up. Rise up. Get the knowledge of God's word in you and get this knowledge starting to just penetrate your mind into your heart. I'm telling you, watch what happens when you start doing this. When you start knowing that you know. Woo! You don't get up in the morning all weak and wimpy. You get up. All, you like going, let's do this. Let's do this. When the enemy comes and tries to do things, you're like, oh, no, that shield of faith, man, is a big old door in front of me. That shield of faith quenches some of the darts of the wicked one. Yeah, some of you know the word. But see, I could have tricked some of you being a TV preacher on the radio and saying, you know, the enemy comes in and he'll get you sometimes. He gets you sometimes. He might get you sometimes. What, what is that? You don't know the word. And you're sitting there going, yeah, he got me. He got me. He keeps getting me. Instead of saying, the enemy comes in and gets you, get the door of faith up. 
But see, that don't happen. Why? Because they don't even know. Caramba. Come on, y'all. Are you with me or not? We've got to build this understanding. We've got to build the word of God in our lives. We've got to operate in proactive faith. Amen? Not reactive faith. Reactive faith is going through the day and then all of a sudden something happens. They're like, oh, I've got to get in faith. That's difficult. That's the way most Christians live their lives right now. No, proactive. We're speaking. We're talking. We're not waiting for bad to happen. We're, we're, we, our whole conversation is different. Or inactive faith. We don't do nothing. We just exist in life. You got to be proactive. Amen. Anybody in here with me? Fourth thing, we have to be given. We have to use what has been given to us. And what's been given to us is the name of Jesus. What does that mean? We are a part of his family. It'd be like my children, McCluskey's. That's it. They're, they're, they're in this house. That's their family. That's their inheritance. That's, the, that's what they are. And we are now in Christ. We're living in his family, his name. Are you hearing me? Daniel Christ. That sounds so weird, doesn't it? Now think about it. I'm in him. I'm anointed by him. Christ meaning anointed, his anointing. I'm a part of his family. In that family, I use the name. It's not anything but the understanding of that relationship. And in the name of Jesus, there is power. There's not power in the name magical. In other words, if I'm disengaged from Jesus and I use his name, look at the Bible, what happens to people like that. It don't work. We try to think the name of Jesus is a magical part. No, it isn't. It's the relationship, the connection to the family and operating in the understanding of Jesus in general. Do you guys hear me? You know, the Bible talks about the miracles and the impact of people's lives through the name of Jesus. It's always the name of Jesus. It's never through Christ are they healed. Never. It's through the what? Name of Jesus. What do we call that LSU? Been that long, huh? That is the humanity part of Jesus. Thank you, Eddie. Humanity. Christ is deity. Jesus is where we get salvation, not through Christ. Are you guys hearing? It's through Jesus. The only time Christ is involved in the use of being someone healed is when Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Again, tying it to humanity, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and be healed. The, everybody came and, and, and saw this miracle and then they started attacking him. And then they came running to Peter and said, you're awesome, you're, you're, you're great, you're holy. And he goes, no, 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 no. This has nothing to do with me. This has to do with the name of Jesus. He didn't finish. And the belief in that 
me. Can you believe? Can you believe in the name of Jesus? Are you part of his family? I'm part of the family. So I use that name in that authority that Jesus gave me. And that is, I can say, in the name of Jesus, rise. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Why? Because that belongs to me. It's not a magical term. It's the empowerment of family. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Number five, take hold of God's promises. Take hold of God's promises for you. You've got to live the promises of God. You've got to know them, and you've got to live them. You've got to know them. You've got to live them. Second Peter 1, verse 3. As his divine power, God has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. God's given us what? All things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge. Everybody say, through the knowledge. How's it come? Through the knowledge. This is a key. Always, all the scriptures tie up this way. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us. What's have mean? Past tense. It's already been given to me. I'm not waiting for it. It's already mine. He has been given to us exceedingly great, mega, mega promises. These aren't little promises. These aren't baby promises. These are promises that'll blow your mind. These are promises that are awesome. That's why he uses mega, exceeding great. This, this is just, uh, just getting by. This is beyond that. By these exceeding great promises that through these, through what? These promises. Don't you see you have to engage in them? You have to know them? It's your right. It's what we need to do. You need to be living those promises. Get hold of these promises. Have faith in the promises. Operate in these promises. Why? Read the scripture. By these promises, you may be partakers. You're going to live in, live in what? The divine nature of God. You're really living in the family of God. What does the divine nature of God mean? It means living in his kingdom, seeing the way he sees, operating the way he operates, calling those things that be not as though they were. Your whole life changes. It, it doesn't change to a freakiness. It doesn't change to someone that's untouchable. You become more touchable than any other person out there because the more you become like Jesus, the more people want to get around you. Religion repels people. Jesus, man, people want to follow him all over the place. Why? Because he didn't preach at them. He wasn't legal to them. He was truth that sets free and people were set free. Come on, somebody. We've got to receive the promises of God. We've got to receive the joy of the Lord. That belongs to me. The peace of God. That belongs to me. Are you guys the armor of God? That belongs to me. These are the things you need to start getting hold of and living and living. Amen. Number six, we live life by position, not condition. Position, not condition. That is a big one because most Christians live by condition. Woe is me, I'm no good, I just keep messing up. 
no, you're either going to live with the position or you're going to live in condition. Condition's a miserable state. I'm going to tell you right now, because you're going to screw up. You're going to blow it. You will do dumb. Some magnified dumb. I'm telling you right now. But you have to understand position. Position helps you mature and grow out of being dumb. It does, by the way. Just like teaching true grace, it doesn't make you want to sin more. It doesn't. True grace makes you want to become more strong in God, more mature in God. That's a truth. That's a natural fact, by the way. Ooh, this is good stuff. Ephesians 2, 4. But God who is in rich in mercy, I love it when he talks. When God talks about grace and mercy, it's never minimal. It's always abounding. Rich in mercy because of his great love. Look at that. Great love. Rich in mercy. Bounding in grace. I mean, this is awesome. How many love him? How many love God? Love Jesus, man. You're like going, yeah. You know why? Because you're hearing the truth. And this truth will set you free. Even when you were dead in trespasses, you were dead in sin. You are separated from God. He made us alive together with Christ. For grace have you been saved. I'll put my helmet on. For grace I've been saved, not because I did good, not because I gave to church, not because I go to church, because I received the work of Jesus on the cross. That's what saved me. And you know what's going to keep me? The work of the cross. Oh, by grace you've been saved. He raised us up together. He made us sit together in heavenly places that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. The exceeding riches of what? His grace. Through who? Through us. When we're walking in this knowledge, grace is being shown. How does grace get shown through perfect people? Exactly. You ain't perfect. You're going to screw up. You're going to mess up. But grace is shown in the messes. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Never forget this. This is all Bible, by the way, 100%. You want to know how God sees you? Only one way. In Christ. Only way he sees you. No other way. You need to get Pastor Lau's book. I mean, that book's filled with this type of information then it'll help you transform your life. I'm telling you, it's a good book. All right, number seven, never stop resisting the enemy. Never stop resisting the enemy. Never stop resisting the world. Never stop resisting ugly. Never stop. The Bible says resist the devil. What are we supposed to do? Resist. What is the devil? The devil is, remember what we did, just his definition is, is his tax on the mind. You're a loser. You're no good. You'll never make it. You're not saved. What do we do? We resist that. We go, shut up. I ain't walking that way. I am powerhouse. I'm a king on this earth. And you just walk in that life. Listen, it becomes less and less difficult to resist someone you know that's a flat out liar. Sometimes you want to throw pity parties and you want to hear what he has to say. Because he what? He's lining up with what you believe. I'm no good. I'm just terrible. And the devil goes, that's right. You stink. Yeah, I know. I'm a stinky pie. No, no, you're more than stinky pie. 
you're no good and a liar too. I know, I know, I lie too. You'd be like talking to the devil and he's just ripping your life apart. Instead of saying, oh man, that was not right. I shouldn't have done that. You know, God, I'm in agreement with your word. That's not the right thing to do. Did you know that, by the way, is the complete word for confession? Homo legato, say the same thing. I did wrong, let's move on. Boom, there it is. James 4, 7, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The Bible flee, Greek word is run away scared. Who is the devil? He'll run away scared. Listen, 1 Timothy 6, 12 says, fight the good fight of faith. 1 Corinthians 9, 26 says, I fight to win. Romans 8, 37 says, and all these things, all what things? Persecution, trials, tribulations, pressures, attacks. I am more than a conqueror. What you gonna do? We can either believe this word of God and wake up and be overcomers. We overcome, we overcome. Or we're not gonna believe God's word and we're gonna get owned. I choose this day not to get owned. Are you with me? Are you with me out there? Let's win this victory. Let's walk this life correctly and let's have success. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the truth of the word of God. And we also have the expectation of the transformation of this new life because of the information we have now received. For those in here and those out there right now that have never received Jesus, listen, this life is right in front of you. Just grab hold of it now. The way you grab hold of this new life, this eternal life that Jesus gave to us is receiving it by faith. And you receive it by saying, Jesus, I believe. Say it with me. Jesus, I believe. I believe in you, Jesus, out there in live stream. I believe in you, Jesus, out there in YouTube. I believe in you, Jesus. As you speak forth those words, I believe in Jesus. Now you say, come into my life. Come into my life. I believe in you. Come into my life. Save me. Save me. Save me. And guess what happened? Just that. He came into your life. And he saved you. I didn't feel anything. It ain't about feelings. It's about what you did. You called on the name of the Lord and you have been saved. And that's the word of God. If you did it this morning, lift your hands. I have something special for you to help you in that new decision. If you did it out there, click the button. Let us know. If you want, give us your address. I'll send it to you. And that's all you're going to get. You won't get another letter from me. I ain't begging you for nothing. Love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you. Jesus is Lord. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.